0: .NET Rocks episode 872 with guest Tim Huckabee. Recorded live Friday, March 29th, 2013. This episode is brought to you by Telerik, Offering the best in developer tools and support. And by Franklins.net. Makers of Gesture Pack, a powerful gesture recording and recognition system for Microsoft Connect for Windows developers. Details at GesturePAK.com. And by Diatom, developers of the .NET Rocks mobile app. Available now for Windows Phone, iPhone, and Android phones.
1: And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. Carl and Richard. We're here again, again. We're doing that thing with the thing. Again. I like this thing. It's going to be a fun show. we got a fun guest. And uh, Richard, what's up with you, man? Uh, Well, if you're listening to this show right after it's published, I am in Romania. Awesome.
0: How about that? You
1: having a good time there?
0: Well, I'm sure I did. So we're publishing this show about a week after we recorded it, so I'm in the process of getting packed up for Romania. But yeah, by the time you hear this, I'll be in Romania.
1: So you're at a, uh, a, a sort of a code camp there? Uh, I'm
0: doing an architectural clinic, and then there's a code camp after that, which I believe our guest will be at also.
1: Yeah. And what uh, what's the drink of choice in Romania?
0: Poison. Yeah. <laughs> it's an evil grape derivative. You could call it grappa. You could call it slivovitz. You know, it's dangerous
1: stuff. Yeah. Check I'm fuel. afraid. I am very afraid. All right. Well, have a good time. Hey, uh, it's time for Better Know Framework. All right. <laughs> So what do you got? What do I got? What do I got? What do you got? Well, I actually went searching for plug and play stuff in Windows 8. Oh, and specifically universal plug and play (UPnP). Yep. we don't and hear much about that these days. You don't really, but you know there, um, there's no support for it in WinRT. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no U- UPnP API. But, okay. and I found uh, a blog post. Actually, it's at uh, the Windows Dev Center. Yeah. At tinyurl.com slash winrtupnp. And uh, the explanation is, if your UPnP device supports X, then you can discover and pair your device using Metro device settings UI. Nice. Uh, and once the device is paired, you can enumerate your device and retrieve the device properties, such as service control URL, service description URL, Service events, subscription URL, and IP address, and then they have a little sample code snippet right there. So, you know, while you know some things have to go away, uh, you know there's a lot of uh, old hardware out there that people still want to access. So, there you go. Cool. Know learn, it, learn it, love it. Know it, learn it, love it. Hey, Richard, who's talking to us? I grabbed a comment off of show eight sixty
0: eight, and that is the one we did with Lynn and Llewellyn talking about teaching kids to program. Yeah. And this comment comes from Adam Hitt, who says, Hey, guys, I'm a long time listener, and I love the show. After your recommendation, I signed up to Pluralsight some months ago. Awesome. I checked out this course after I got the new course email and was pleasantly surprised at how well it communicated key low-level programming concepts in a way anyone could understand with C Sharp. Yeah. Being a self-taught developer on his way into the industry, I'm a large supporter of the apprenticeship model, is also a great way to keep beginner programmers focused and interested and in helping close the education experience gap. Thanks again for the great show. And that's from Adam. Adam, thank you. You bet, man. I'm glad uh, Pluralsight's working out for you. And uh, really interesting. It's not just kids programming, but really touching the fundamentals of programming too. It's good stuff. And I'm all about the apprenticeship model. I think uh, even our guest could talk a little about that as well, because he's certainly bringing developers up in the world. So a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, you can write a comment on the website at dotnetrocks.com or VRR mobile apps for iPhone, Android, and WinPhone. It all goes back to the same Discus engine. So it's available everywhere. Yep. And that fine set of apps was built by the guys at Diatom Enterprises who are happy to help you with your mobile apps. Just give them
1: a ring. Absolutely. And before we go any further, I need to tell you that Plural Site provides comprehensive developer training online. They have hundreds of hardcore developer training courses offered by MVPs and industry experts, as we were just talking about. They release 12 to 15 new courses every month, offering a free 10-day trial, 200 minutes, and a wide variety of topics, including iOS, Java, Android, web development, and pretty much anything you can think of on the Microsoft stack. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. And with that, let us welcome back to the show our good friend, Mr. Tim Huckabee. How are you, sir?
2: Great. How are you doing, gentlemen?
1: You need no introduction because you truly are a superstar.
2: Not true. In fact, I don't have a freaking DNR mug. I've been doing this show for a decade. Like, do <laughs> yeah, I, but when, do, get, when do I get a DNR mug? But you get to travel
1: all over the world with us and drink with us, man. You don't need a DNR Not mug.
2: Not in a DNR mug. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he never writes a comment on the website. That's for sure.
1: That's right. You've been with us a long, long time, and you know everything from keynotes on stage with Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer to world, uh, worldwide conferences and speaking. You're you're like a a whirlwind guy.
2: I'm like the figurehead to end all figureheads, aren't I? You pretty much I really are. <laughs> I've really worked myself. into that perfect position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're you're having me. You're the guy,
1: you're the guy who's trying to uh, marry software development and fly fishing.
2: It is true. One of my, my, the goals I have in life is getting uh, these technologist buddies of mine, two of which I'm speaking to right now into a river, waving a stick because there is so much more to life than software. And, and typically an engineer is so focused on software that they forget what an awesome world it is out there. I have successfully got Richard into a river a few times. Carl, you're my next project. In fact I was in a river I was in Montana all of last week with some of many of your guests on the show.
1: Wow.
0: I think I was supposed to be there but ended up having to (laughs)
1: work.
2: You were you had to
1: You'd you'd have to start me at, you know, this is step one, step two. I've never done fly fishing. Done plenty of fishing, you know, and even freshwater fishing, but not with flies. So uh,
2: well yeah, we hired, you know, Montana's best guides. In fact, we had seven of Montana's best guides. Yeah, so it's not just stick up. Yeah. Fly.
1: Closest I've ever got to fly fishing is watching a river runs through it, pretty much.
2: Well, <laughs> if it's up to me, Carl, you're gonna get a lot closer.
1: All right. Well, anyway,
2: Stanfield can do this, for God's sakes. If Stanfield could do it, you could do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, let's get to the point here where there's a new, uh, well, not new now because we've been trying to catch up with you for a while, but uh, there's a a new Connect SDK out with some really, really exciting features. And uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I'm. I'm Somewhat as I get older, I get somewhat more cynical and critical about and this would be the seventh release of the Connect for windows SDK right. version one point seven and in all honesty, um, this is the most significant release to date uh, they, they did a number of awesome things in this, and you would expect that right sure. there 's some maturity in the product and, and you would expect that they turned all this cool technology into control, so you literally can drag and drop. A connect app. Um, there's some innovation in the controls. I'm thinking off the top of my head that they, um, they spent, and, and I know this for fact because I, I sit on their, their board or whatever we call it, advisory council. Uh-huh. Um, they spent a good, a ton of money in usability. You know, pulling people off the street and having them wave at computers in right. the Microsoft usability labs, and they create out of this, they created this. You, you know, on on a podcast like this, you, you really need to see it. But uh, uh, picture me uh, grasping. You know, they have this this grab control.
1: Grab control, yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's amazing, and it's so bulletproof. You so know, you don't have to move like, your
1: hand forward to to sort of select something. You can just move it to wherever it is on the screen and then make a fist and then you grab it and move it around.
2: Yeah, picture a slider controller, or something like that, and you're grabbing the slider. And the Connect for Windows actually sees your hand grasping, and it sees it with tremendous fidelity. Yeah. Mm. You know, when when we first started building gesture based applications, you know, our hand was basically the mouse. Right you know, and and then our users got pissed off at us because just hitting the little red X to quit the app is literally impossible when your hands, the mouse. Right. Right. Sure. Uh, now we introduce smoothing and all this calculus and trigonometry. And then the connect team comes out with these controls, like this grass thing. And it's like, Oh my God, that's awesome. You want to implement that right now. And that's part of skeletal tracking, which Carl you're intimately involved in because of your awesome product. Right. Um, but one of the, the 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 actually the the coolest most awesome innovation they did in the new SDK is called Fusion. It actually has a product name, mm-hmm. and uh, there are there are basically three modes of operation in Connect. Carl and me and you do mostly or uh, internology and actus and you and we mostly do skeletal tracking. Sure. Natively, the Connect for Windows device tracks your skeleton and you get that for free picture right. me putting that in quotes for free and it's pretty easy to program to that with your little product it's brain dead simple. brain dead simple yeah yeah it's okay and then there's this up close macro mode that we're still trying to figure out right clearly mm-hmm. the connect team snuck that in the product because ultimately we're going to authenticate in windows i think i think we can all assume that we're going to authenticate it with connect in windows at one point in time sometime sure yeah, that's why that thing little snuck in there.
1: Yeah.
2: And then there's this other mode, depth tracking.
1: Well, in we need to set up the layers, right? So at the the very first layer of processing is just a picture from the camera. The second right. layer is this depth where they spray out infrared, you know, uh dots in the <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. pick them up with a camera and based on how big the dots are, they can make 3D outlines of of, you know, the objects there. And then that data is interpreted another layer to produce the skeleton. So you're talking about depth, which is one layer lower to the... Yeah,
2: and depth doesn't automatically track a human. Depth can can get a 3D view, so to speak, on anything. Right. Unfortunately, programming in depth it's yeah. not for the faint and no, of it's heart. it's a nightmare. Historically. Oh, well, you have to have a math background. You know, I casually throw out this trigonometry calculus thing, but in depth, it's, it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. right? Until this connect fusion thing came out. So... These folks, I like the Connect for Windows team because it's one of those combo teams that we've seen a few times historically in Microsoft where they take a bunch of Windows people and they, they took a bunch of Visual Studio people mm-hmm. and then they took Xbox people and they put them together and they developed this Connect for Windows product. Well, they integrated a bunch of MSR people, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Microsoft Research. Right. Um, people who are world-renowned in machine learning and they took six months and with machine learning backgrounds, they developed what is essentially a depth product that audio magically gives you a 3D mesh. Yeah. Meaning we, let me give you a use case.
1: Well, you really got to, you got to put it in terms of what you scan something and it creates a 3D object that can be printed. That's, le- or, that's analyzed. or
2: analyzed.
1: Or analyzed
2: anything right or convert it to an autocad for those who
1: don't know what a 3d mesh is that's the basis of a three-dimensional object that can be manufactured
2: a a gazillion triangles so you named one use case taking the connect for windows device aiming it at an object and having it come out a 3d printer on the other side that's Um, awesome we have a project right now that does exactly that it's it's kind of nda for that that big company that, uh, is, uh, I'm not, i can't even say it, that amusement <laughs> park, the, the world famous one. Yeah. Um, but there, there are other use cases that have such, um, uh, use cases that we're so proud of and have such philanthropic uh, value. For instance, there's this horrendous disease, um, very much like multiple sclerosis. Right. And, at, um, I don't, I'm sure they don't mind me saying their names at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Sure. Uh, they have invented a drug in their research department that cures this horrible disease. MS, you can, you know, you can live half your life before you pass. This particular one hits kids right at birth and they last about three months. They've, these folks have created the drug to eliminate the disease. It's awesome. You know, the, the FDA though, is going to take another decade to get, to get it to market. Right. But in the clinical trial process, you kind of have to prove that it's working. So we aim a connect for windows as at the baby who shows the signs of the disease and it's a jittering type of thing. Right. Um, and through machine learning, we diagnose, yeah, Holy cow, this, this infant may have the disease. Right? And we track them with Connect as time goes on through three months. Of and then we, we do a diff between the 3D objects right? right, as they get better. And that helps prove the clinical trial. That helps the drug get quicker to market. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that?
1: That's great. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, cool, cool stuff. And we could never do that. Oh, by the way, we're talking about C-sharp. We're right. not talking about assembly language or C++ or something that's, you know, would be a little more challenging to build this application in. We're talking about .NET, for God's sakes. I, I just love the whole thing about it.
0: Just for the speed of development. It really is revolutionary.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's opened a new world to us. Actually, it's opened a new type of employee we need to hire, too. You know, um, the people that have specialty in this 3D mesh, 3D object type stuff, because we do a ton of perspective 3D, which is, and this is not my world. I mean, I, I didn't come from a game programming background or 3D. Um, but that's different than, you know, real 3D where you're, you've got a gazillion triangles and such. Right. Um, yeah. R- really cool stuff. I, I could give you a million use cases for this Connect Fusion thing. Uh, and and it really, it, it, since it was barely announced and not publicized, it, not many people have figured out how awesomely amazing it is yet.
1: Right. It's and awesome. So I'm
2: glad to, on their behalf to tell them how freaking awesome, amazing it is.
1: Do you think that, um, we talked about this a little bit more, that uh, CAD skills and 3D skills are, are going to be as critical in the future for uh, digital literacy than you know programming is today
2: that, that's a tough question you know one one in my personal opinion i could be totally wrong and frequently am in my personal opinion the, these are just tools you know it which means it doesn't it doesn't change the need for these brilliant people these these architects and these cad designers and stuff but it's a tool that allows them to get their jobs done much more effectively right. can you imagine the, the painstaking detail these people do to build a 3D model from scratch—oh right. my, that's that's painful. Even game programmers will tell you how meticulously painful it is to build a game, because because it's <laughs> they're basically building triangles. I mean, certainly they have tooling these days that does this type of stuff, but right. you know, there's a reason it takes a year to get Call of Duty done or whatever these horrible games my son is playing my 17 year old right it takes a year to develop these things with huge programming teams yeah yeah so the future is bright for for productivity absolutely developer productivity and or cad productivity
0: i'm still hung up on this whole grip action i always thought the connect didn't have precise enough resolution to be able to see a hand
2: you and me both brother yeah. When uh, I I gotta tell you, you know, I'm sitting in this this board meeting thing up in in Redmond and uh, with the Connect team, and they they say, hey, we, this is I don't know six months ago, and they say, hey, we want to show show you something we're working on, and um, uh, one of the lead PMs get the upstairs and he starts grasping at the screen, and I almost fainted. I mean, my, my 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 mouth went agape, and I'm like, holy cow, how in the world are you doing that? Is this Connect two? right? Is right. this the next version? And no, it was absolutely the shipping connect right now. We we should, by the way, at some point talk about or speculate about what's coming. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they just got a bunch of smart people involved and did all the hard work for us and gave it to us in the plumbing and the tooling, which Microsoft is kind of famous for.
0: Well, I, I do like the fact that the connect is all just software driven. The device is not smart, Everything is up to how good the software is.
2: Right. And in this case, it's the API, right? They're building an API and an SDK that is pretty pretty legit.
0: So is it able to see individual fingers, or is it just the motion of the hand closing and opening?
1: So, guys, here's the thing. The uh, the depth mode has very high resolution and can see fingers. and But the, the, the reason we don't think that uh, the Kinect has that fidelity is because most of the time we're using the skeletal tracking. And the skeletal tracking doesn't have hand fidelity.
2: Yeah, and Carl, you just kind of answered Richard's question, which is, I don't know. Yeah. I asked him, "Holy cow, how? You know, holy shit, how are you pulling this off? You know, are you comboing depth mode with skeletal tracking?" And they looked at me and said, "I'm sorry, we're not allowed <laughs> to divulge what's <laughs> under the hood, right?" So, yeah. and and that's fine for me. You know, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, the three of us are genuinely curious, the DNR audience is genuinely curious, but if right. they say, hey, use it, we just built it, you don't, you don't need right. to know what's under the hood. Okay, fine, whatever. Close enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess the fact that it works is enough. Have you had a chance to play with the Leap?
2: We, yeah, we, in fact, not only the Leap, we, we should talk about the, the competitive landscape for 3D cameras.
0: Yeah, Sure. Because they've been around for a long time, right? This is just Connect just lowered the price point.
2: Well, I, the Leap is hasn't been around for a long time. No. Their videos have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we have the Leap, we have the Soft Connect, all the Soft kinetic devices here, and we also have the new Panasonic camera. And, and there are uh, oh, and wh- I'm missing the um, the open source one. What's its name? The OpenNI one. Oh, darn it. <laughs> that other one. That other one. Uh, yeah. So we build a lot of gesture based software, not just on Kinect, but on all the devices because they all kind of fit, you know, their own use cases. One device does not do everything. For instance, let me go to the complete opposite side of the spectrum, which is a Panasonic device. Uh, the Kinect is $250, Carl? Two, yep. 200 About that. I don't I mean, it's, it's, it's consumer-priced. It's 200 or $250, bucks. 3 d 3D, 3D camera, multi-spectrum microphone. It's infrared. Carl, what does infrared mean when you put it outside?
1: Well, it, it
2: goes it away. Doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> work. It doesn't work outside. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work, right? And we have plenty of use cases for outdoor gesturing, right? Um, in fact, we could speculate the Kinect will never work outside because it's so tied so heavily to the xbox and you just don't play xbox outside right um however the the brilliant people in panasonic have built a device that works in broad daylight wow in fact so it's not infrared or it's a combination of infrared and other magic that's in the box but it is three thousand dollars as opposed to two hundred dollars um it's, it uses the soft kinetic SDK, which is means you can do it in dot net and it's relatively easy to program to, but it's not the amazing connect fusion thing or the connect 1.7. It's different, different API. Uh, my, what's interesting is when I, we, we have this giant transit project where gesture needs to, to work outside. Um, and, and we should talk about this in more detail, but, uh, so my test, me personally, I got so excited about this desi- device that I, I ran home, put it in the backyard because we have power in the backyard, Right. aimed it at the sun as it was going down. Now picture where I live in oh, San man. Diego, California, right? <laughs> Sunny day, <laughs> San Diego, California. I aimed it at the sun and the, as it was going down and then put myself between the device and the sun and started gesturing at it. And guess what? It worked. No I, way. I, I could not believe it. I could not believe it. So th- this is one of those rare cases where a piece of hardware has actually driven the success of the software project. Wow. Very rarely do we have that, right?
0: So is this the, yeah. san- cool the Panasonic stuff. D imager?
2: There's, That's there's, the one. Richard, you know how to use a web browser, don't ha,
0: you? Ha, I do. <laughs> uh, you're telling the story. I'm trying to yeah. find the answers. So.
2: Yeah. So we. this has got so exciting that I got to, to actually communicate with the these two scientists in South Korea that invented the technology for this. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about this device. Again, the use cases of for this thing are limited because it's a $3,000 device. Right. Yeah, you know, it's so easy to put Connect in because it's two hundred bucks. Right? right. In between we have this leap thing that leap. recognize it recognizes fingers and it and it does it with fidelity and it's like seventy bucks.
1: So I have um, one. I got on the developer program and I have yep. used it and it works exactly like the videos say it works. It works great. The problem yep. I'm having is You know, trying to find – there's only – the only conditions under which it makes any sense, there's two. One is, you know, if you're worried about getting a contagion from a screen, which, you know, by the way, is a fairly healthy worry to have. But the the other one is any time that you need Z order, any time that you need that Z axis, proximity, proximity. You know, if you want it's like a proximity sensor. So the closer you get to the screen, you know, that you can use that as an input, not just X and Y, but Z.
2: Yeah. And it's, it, it's also cross-platform. So it works in, uh, in iOS as well as it works in um, right. Linux. As but well it does as it not in- do what yeah. the
1: Kinect does. It does not track your whole body, just your hands. And your fingers yeah, just, you know, has the Just your out. hands,
2: and it only does it from close range. Right. So coming up for legitimate use cases for Leap is difficult for me because, you know, I've been mired in enterprise software for thirty years. You know, yep. meaning, what if it was enterprise software? Yep. What would be the use case for sticking your finger within a twelve-inch range? Why, why not just touch the screen? <laughs> right. <laughs> But for little games like Space Invaders, if you want to flick your finger instead of a mouse, I, I get that. I totally get that. Well, I cool wondered the if
0: the um, the Galaxy S4, the new Samsung phone, was using some variation of the Leap because they've got gesture for swiping the screen. You don't actually have to touch the screen to make it work.
2: Yeah, isn't that interesting? I I, I don't know if they use the Leap technology, but they're using something in there. The, the point is, and, and Richard, you've seen me, Fred, Carl, you've probably seen me do this shtick also in front of audiences. I've made this bold prediction that gesture is going to be a legitimate way to use computer systems for the masses in a short time frame. Yeah, And we're seeing that. We are, we are totally seeing that. And what I wanted to say um, about um, this big project we have with the outdoor camera is that this is a compliance thing. This is a very large city. I think this is the largest city in Canada. Um, and by compliance, you are not allowed to do touchscreens anymore because of disease. Right. right. Yeah. They have mandated that any interactive system cannot be touch-based.
0: No, th- that was that, them- that. particular city in question was also uh, one of the loci of the SARS epidemic. So they're a little jumpy about that.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, now we've kind of pinned down the Canadian city.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> but- yeah, <laughs> name but- me but three I- Canadian cities. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, the use case I use in front of developers is, hey, you know, I got to travel a lot in my job, and I have to fly through LAX constantly. And in LAX, I don't want to touch anything. It's disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. Right? But I also don't want to wait 90 seconds for my flight to scroll by. Mm. Right? It Wouldn't it be legitimate to just say, United, Denver, and have it appear? Or to wave at the screen and make it go faster? I mean, I, we're going to see that.
1: Speech is difficult because, you know, places are noisy.
0: And has the Connect really shown that when you combine skeletal tracking so you know what person you're looking at with three d microphone technology, you can make
1: that work? It, I don't know. I, I suppose it can, but it's difficult.
2: The Connect has the plumbing that if to listen to only the person it's tracking skeletally right. mm-hmm. it's it's a little challenging to program to. And it's not foolproof. I was in a demo this right. morning with Rodney, you, Rodney Guzman, our CEO, yeah, yeah. right? And he was speaking, he was disproving that it worked yeah. by yelling from behind the connect, you yeah. know, pissing off the, the, the poor engineer that was demoing. And talk about, <laughs> yeah,
1: talk about a way to drive somebody crazy is speak when they speak, you know, speak over them yeah. louder than they yeah. do. You know, interestingly
2: enough, the other thing we've learned uh, and Carl, we've talked about this a number of times. what we've learned in voice recognition is the more hardware you throw at it, the better it works.
1: Yeah. And then specifically, if you know, if you've got a headset microphone.
2: That and, too,
1: you know that. Now you're talking bulletproof, you, bulletproof,
2: bulletproof. Yeah. with a headset.
1: And there's a way that so I've demonstrated this in my sh- in my talks, Tim. That uh, it's really good to have a code word that will wake up the computer to listen to you. And there's a way to program that. I think I have it on my blog at carlfranklin.net. But essentially, hey,
2: Carl, I was I was sitting in that talk, by the way. Yeah, listening to you very diligently, and it, it it's absolutely true, absolutely. true. Yeah. We we do that, like, our touchless operating room thing. Yeah. We use Tor, touchless operating room. We use Tor as the code word. Yeah. So, Tor, back, Tor, zoom, you know, Tor, And, and you exit. can filter
1: out, you know, if it's part of another sentence or word. Like, I couldn't say, Skeletor is my favorite superhero. You know, I couldn't say they're a villain or whatever. Um, you have to have a pause on either side of it, and you can program for that. Yeah, right. right. Yep.
2: Yeah, we've learned a lot in usability, painfully, with voice and gesture. We absolutely have.
1: Hey, Richard. Yes, sir. Guess what time it is. Ah, it must be that happy time again. That's right. It's time to connect fusion myself a smaller ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to need a tighter grip on it. Ah, jeez. You're going to go there. I'll Uh, go with you.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's time to give away a... DevCraft Complete Collection from Telerik to a lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But before we do that, let me tell you about Telerik RAD controls for Windows 8. So this is the same intuitive UI and UX, no matter if you're developing in XAML or HTML, You can get the number one native tool set for building Windows 8 apps at Telerik.com slash Windows 8. We demoed this on the Road Trip. Yeah. And what was cool about the Road Trip is they released it as we were going along and it started out at it was free, and then the next month it was ninety nine bucks, and then the next month it was one ninety eight, and it kept increasing by a hundred bucks every month, and now it's six ninety nine. But if you have a telerick devcraft complete collection, you're going to get it for free in there. And right. today's winner is Olaf Potberg. Ah, congratulations, Olaf. Congratulations. for you, sir. And we have another prize to give away, don't we, Richard? Oh, what do we got? Well, we have a free pass to DevTeach in Toronto.
0: Ah, Toronto's a great city. Yeah. You're yeah, the Canadian. The- you tell us about DevTeach. Uh, so, DevTeach is in actually Mississauga, which is a suburb of Toronto, where the airport is, so it's easy to get to. And the conference itself is May 27th to 31st. Now Jean-René Roy, the guy who's been running this show literally for 10 years, good friend of ours, yep. it's always run a very fun, not a big show, few hundred people, mm-hmm. great speakers, uh cross-platform conversation so you're going to get some ios and some android as well as uh plenty of dot net uh, you're going to be doing your connect talk there i think absolutely uh, i've got a new talk on devops because now that strange loop sold i'm never doing a web scaling <laughs> talk ever ever again <laughs> and we will be having a panel discussion uh for dot net rocks episode as well yeah so i uh, hope you'll come out and join us may 27th to 31st in mississauga slash toronto and uh one is going to join us for sure because they're winning a free ticket and who is it carl It's Drew J. Cooper. Ah, Congratulations, Drew. Golf clap for you, sir. Drew Cooper. Hope you'll come up and join us at DevTeach. We'll have some fun there. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to the .NET Rock site and click on the big link on the right that says Get Free Stuff. Every show we give stuff away. Sometimes it's tickets to conferences. Sometimes it's DevCraft completes. You never know. And once a year in December, we give away $5,000 worth of gear. Just ask Rob Corbett out of Ottawa, who won himself a massive Win8 Connect development environment. Touch, gesture, everything
1: he needs to build the awesome new applications. That's right. So do it today. And we'd like to ask our guests, if you had five grand to spend on technology, and I'm not talking a f- new fly fishing rig, Mr. Huckabee.
2: <laughs>
1: what would you buy?
2: Oh, the Samsung has these brand new HD capable 42-inch. Um, actually, I could go longer. I could probably get to 84-inch. I need more money. I need, <laughs> one <of those> per- <laughs> I need one of those perspective pixel devices, 100-inch. Multi-touch, beautiful fidelity to touch, Windows-capable HD. We're, we're actually, we don't have to pay for it, but we're getting one for our um, Innovation Center conference room here awesome. at Internology. That's what I want. I want one of those for my home, but I need more budget. 5K is not enough for me.
0: Yeah, those 84-inch screens aren't cheap
2: oh goodness <laughs> actually they're they're half the price of two years ago they were twenty five k two years ago and i I believe they're about half that price now, which means they're going to be half as much next year and ultimately consumer price so we can have them in our homes,
0: yep, but you know in a home configuration, the screen's far enough away from you that it I don't think touch seems all that important
2: well um there're you know that Xbox 720 thing that's so rumored and going to be officially launched in yeah, a couple we've, of weeks. we've heard it's about 720
0: that. or Infinity, I don't know what the name is.
2: There are plenty of use cases where you'd run up to the screen and touch it, because it's multi-user, multi-touch. Right. Right, so you're, you know, my 18-year-old can be playing Xbox on headphones in one corner, and, and my wife can be watching her stupid television shows in, in another corner, and I might be reading email in another one, all on the same giant screen, right? And my wife might see an email she wants to contribute into, you know, double reply. I mean, it, th- think about the peer-to-peer and and multi-use capabilities that are rumored to come out on this device.
0: Well, I'm also – I saw the video around the Illuma Room concept.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which looked,
0: you know – taking the connect to analyze the shape of the room and then using that to shape how the projector sends out the image.
2: Right, right. Mm. Remember my, my bold predictions of the holodeck? That's yeah. right. The, the, we're, we're, the only thing we're missing is applying mass to a virtual object, right? Mm. Yeah, That's a <laughs> little,
0: think- just a little bit of a problem. Well, we yeah. found, apparently found the Higgs boson, so soon there'll be a Connect Higgs boson edition, and you'll be able to simulate mass <laughs> on the fly.
2: Which, which is a conversation Richard and I had over Scotch. Where were we? We're like, if we could get those those Swiss scientists, or actually scientists from all over the world that are working on the Higgs boson, right. to apply that mass to our virtual objects, we've got the holodeck done. That's <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I just need a Higgs Field Manipulator. You get on that.
1: You know, and if anybody if anybody can understand and explain that on a .NET Rocks Geek Out show, it's Richard. So I just can't wait for that one. Uh-oh, we got to yeah. do, do a... A holodeck show.
0: A
2: holodeck show, okay.
0: <laughs> I will... Uh, I'll get right on that. I think we could probably do a show on the Higgs boson, though, because it's certainly thinking in terms of Higgs Fields is a pretty big deal.
1: Well, yeah, and I would like to just... If we do that, and I'm sorry for the digression here. If we do that, I'd like to get beyond you know what they dumb down the news, you know, the, the stuff that they talk about in the news. Yeah, because it's so abstract and nobody really gets it. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe you could explain it to us, Richard.
0: Well, that'll take an hour. We'll do that in another show. All right. Durango Connect. Yeah. What's that? It's out in the world, man. It's been published. What is it? Well, it's the the it's next been, generation Connect.
2: Yeah, well, it's been rumored. It's uh, there's no official announcements on it, right? But
0: no, yeah, I'm just re- I'm reading the Durango Connect 2.0 specs leak off of uh, Eurogamer.
2: Yeah, uh, right. I'll, I'll
0: add a link it. It's even from a month and a half ago or so.
2: Yeah, you know, I I like Carl. I I speak in front of audiences and do developer things on Connect all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I always say. One might speculate that <laughs> Xbox team hasn't been doing nothing for the last 3 years. Right. Right. <laughs> right. One might speculate they're actually working on the next gen of product and it's going to be you know better, faster, more fidelity, um bigger range. I doubt it'll be cheaper because it's already kind of pretty cheap. But uh you know the Connect has a limited range. The existing Connect it's sweet spot is, what, Carl, like 5 to 12 yeah. feet or something like that? Yeah, it's 5 to 10. And it, yep. Yeah, and if you're outside that range, you piss off your users. Right. You know, if they, if they don't know, right? Um, one might speculate much better fidelity. It currently does skeletal tracking for two people. Right. Um, you know, it seems logical to have an unlimited amount of, if it's in the view, to be able to unlimited um, track anybody who's in front of it. I mean, we could speculate about a lot of stuff.
0: Well, the bigger thing for me is just the r- the restricted resolution, right? It's what's the camera running at six forty by four eighty, mm.
2: and a, and at a max of like three hundred frames per second, I think. Um, yeah, so that that leads into you know tracking with better fidelity.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, there's there's HD out there, baby. Like we should be doing some of that.
2: Right. Right.
0: Uh, but that big thing there, for my, in my mind, is that the amount of data is going to go up dramatically. So that USB two port's not going to cut it. You're going to need at least USB three.
2: Now, I speculated that they would embed the new device into the Xbox itself, and mm. then allow you to plug in other connects. Right. Um, they may not do that, but I think it's safe to assume Microsoft's going to do OEM agreements with the screen manufacturers, where the Kinect device is actually inside the Well,
1: that the means you're, oh, inside the screen. So the, Yeah. But the Xbox connects to any screen, though.
2: Right, right.
1: So how would they, it but wouldn't it, be inside the Xbox. Why not? Well, because then you'd have to put your whole Xbox on top of your TV to get the best. No,
2: no, no, and then allow you to plug in the external one.
1: Oh, yeah, but uh, I, I guess what you're saying is that the TV has to come with it. Not the Xbox, right?
2: Uh no, no. I'm saying why not, since they're inexpensive cameras, just embed the Kinect in the Xbox device. You can choose to use it whether or not. But if you have a second Kinect device, mm-hmm. right? You're you're gonna get a lot better fidelity yeah. in, in, you know, jumping around and waving at these games things.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that's a great idea, but
2: I think that's a brilliant idea. What well, you, you know the me? reason
1: is, and I'd love to talk to you about it. But here's because if it's in the device, it's sitting on the floor. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not but in the then right then position. And why, why not just have a separate thing that comes with the with it, so that you can put it put it anywhere you want? Why would you no, put I'm it in the you'd Xbox? Have,
2: you'd have both. You'd have both.
1: I don't see where it, I don't see the the point of putting it in the device.
2: You know what your problem is, Carl? You can't creatively think without bourbon <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> However,
1: Leap did announce that they're putting their uh, their gestures thing in Asus laptops and desktops. If you go to tinyurl.com slash Leap Laptop, there's a story here, uh, and it's from January, from geek.com. Leap Motion Gesture Control Shipping with Asus Laptops and Desktops.
2: And Soft Kinetic, which we barely talked about, w- w- who's been in the business longer than any of these companies, over a decade in gesture, they already have their OEM agreements in place with Intel and a number of screen manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah. So, like we already talked about, I mean, gesture is real. It's coming whether you like it or not.
1: Here it comes. You
2: know, Grandma Huckabee may not wave at computers, but we sure <laughs> as heck are.
1: When is grandma Huckabee going to get on the Connect Panwagon?
2: You know what? The next, if there is a next, you know, I'm I'm officially oversaturated on DNR, but if there is a next <laughs> time, we need to call grandma Huckabee and just give her views of computers and then oh. you can just you can just bleep out all the cussing and the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Let's do that. Let's do that.
2: <laughs> she would be hilarious. <laughs> Hey, Mom, what do you think about Windows? God damn it, PC shit! <laughs> Where's my start button? Get off my lawn!
0: Oh, man.
2: I can't print! <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> now I'm crying. I I'm have laughing too many door. icons on my desktop!
0: <laughs> I can't my, find my, anything.
2: My AOL <laughs> sucks.
1: <laughs> you tell Mr. Gates to get busy. <laughs> but I do, I'm do. i
0: really excited that the new Xbox is almost certainly going to come with a Kinect. So every, they're, they're never going to be an exception now. Everybody's going to have one on the new device. And that makes a lot of sense.
2: And it's gonna f- that means it's going to force software to be gesture-enabled.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be yeah. default. You're going to have to be yeah. able to do that. Right. Uh, and just a way of thinking. I guess the question is, is the Kinect hardware sta- stable enough with this next version for television manufacturers to actually commit to integrating it?
2: Yeah, good question. I, I assume so, but what do I know how much the thing actually costs? Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if it is a little pricey, the fact that you would, you know, we're already seeing gesture-enabled TVs in general, but right. to have one that's also Xbox so it can tie to everything is kind of cool.
2: Oh, you know what you guys will dig? We, which is different than gesturing. We we have uh, prototyped some more Big Brother stuff. You, you know about our, you know, a lot of our Big Brother stuff that'll never make it to market, so it's so creepy. But um, we prototyped a, like a picture, a, a, a virtual avatar, And as you walk by the screen, it literally turns and watches you.
1: (laughs) That's awesome.
2: (laughs) So, so, like, talk about intimidating. You're in a 7 Eleven and you walk by the, 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 um, count, the, where they have all the Cokes. And this thing locks on you as soon as you're in range, right? It locks on you and it says, Hey, Cokes are only 79 cents today. And you try to walk away from it and it just watches you as you walk away. (laughs) Creepy.
0: Wow. I don't. Yeah, that's creepy. It, Why is that creepy?
2: Um. Well, I don't want virtual. <laughs> I don't, I don't like want virtual either. people talking to me. <laughs> yeah, you we know,
1: always come, it, seem to come up with use cases that are creepy retail things. You know, right. creepy retail. And right. you know, they're fun for us to play around with, but not, I'm not so sure I want to experience that on the other side.
2: Well, the future of retail predicts that. If you get 40% off, you're going to agree to be tracked.
1: Yeah, you're probably that,
2: that's, right. That's in most of the world, right? We'll, we'll never do this in Germany. No, I feel ever. like,
1: I feel like Grandma Huckabee here because you know what they really do is they raise the prices of everything. And then uh, to get the price that it used to be, you have to, you know, get a rewards card. So you have to agree you, to be uh, tracked yeah. if you want to <laughs> get the the regular price.
2: Oh, you have to live in the loyalty program. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you want 40% off cute shoes at Nordstrom's, you better believe you're in the loyalty program and they're looking at what you're looking at. Yeah. Right? So my when my wife's looking at cute shoes, she, they know. We know. We know what she's looking at. We know right. whether she buys them or not.
0: Well, and yeah. it, you know, the big one there is just tracking in-store behavior. Like after someone makes a purchase... To be able to do skeletal tracking of that person going backwards, to say where did they go, what did they look at, where did what did they try on? Like that whole thing is really creepy and interesting to really uh, understand you, the sales. do funny flow. you
2: bring that up, Richard, because I'm working with some behavioral science people who maintain they can predict an upsell, they can predict they can predict turning a sale uh, from a non-sale, meaning. By watching people's behaviors. Take it's to my, my wife. She's looking at the cute shoes. For some reason, she doesn't buy it. But by watching her body language, we can tell that we can talk her into it. We could sell her into it. Right. Well, that's you, you, the future of retail.
0: You know the, And that's that,
2: that, creepy. You,
0: <laughs> you, know, you know the McDonald's console, right? When you're buying stuff where it's... They say, you know, would you like fries with that? Which literally, it's flashing on the screen. They haven't bought fries. Right. My favorite one is they'd always ask, do you want a dessert? You know, can I get you an apple pie? And I go, oh, yeah, dessert. I'd love to have a filet of fish. Right. Then they'd add the filet of fish. And, of course, the dessert's still flashing. So they most of the time, they'd say it again. Like, they literally programmed into that script. But to have that behavior on that console change based on the behaviors of the customer in the store... That's pretty interesting. I only upsell you because the computer believes I can upsell you. Right. Or that it it automatically offers a discount.
2: I don't know if you brought it on purpose, but we we built that software for everybody but McDonald's, right? (laughs) We built the the software where you, if you want to swipe uh, 10 pieces of cheese onto your jumbo jack, we make it really easy. And if you're ordering from a, computer as opposed to a human you do it well uh, you know typically a human does it they are upsold if they don't have to deal with other humans the right. guilt doesn't doesn't right. yeah the science is terrifying if
0: they yeah, if they don't have to talk to anybody about how they really want their burger they triple the calories in their burger
2: exactly and it's pr- terrifying the science behind this <laughs> yeah.
0: and you're making it all come true tim
2: well, you know, we, we, we build all this cancer research software that makes us feel good, but at the same time, we're building software for the companies that are killing the world with their cheeseburgers. <laughs> 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 I got I to gotta keep the lights on for all these brilliant people.
0: You gotta, so you, so you're, ba- you're sort of balancing your karma there, is that it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping to balance my karma, yeah. At least,
0: at least, you know, in the end, you could say, on one side, you're making software that puts more people in hospitals so they can use your hospital software.
2: I guess we could justify it that way, sure okay it's a little, uh, only a little <laughs> I'm, cynical i'm bite, I'm biting my fingernails, but okay
0: <laughs> so uh yeah, I guess we we are officially supposed to find out about the new xbox code name Durango may twenty first so that's what right. two weeks may from when we're recording this
2: and and it's honestly it's a lot more exciting for my Eighteen or seventeen-year-old than it is for us, connect for Windows programmers, but it, it's a big deal. You know, this is this is the flagship net income for Microsoft. So this this these announcements are a big deal.
0: Right. And I, I really don't think that the game part of the new Xbox is the biggest part of it. It sounds like it's the set-top box we always wanted that's yeah, going to make internet, internet TV provider. just real.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Internet TV and all that. Yeah. The the one the one and they they leak. Well, I don't know, how do we get around NDA here? I hope that this new thing integrates iOS and some of the other devices like like that was leaked earlier. That would be cool cuz cause, cause then you could use all your devices with this thing.
0: Well, I there's lots of folks talking about the second screen concept. The number, you know, I was really fascinated when the uh, the Mad Men premiere came out a, a month or so ago. The amount of Twitter traffic while the show was going on, that people are creating communities around watching a, the, the new show. And I don't think anybody's really built a good solution to that yet.
2: Right, right.
0: And you see that with sporting events, too. Like, they, they just make sense that they would have some way for fans to communicate with each other while the event is going on it's got to be on a different screen but in proximity to the actual event
2: it's it's funny you bring that up because interactivity at a sporting event is a big challenge there in america many people maintain that it the experience is better on tv than it is to, to actually go to the game right and, right, and right. We, these are these are billion dollar investments that cowboy stadium you know in dallas is is a billion dollar investment and it holds like 120,000 people. And if people believe they can watch it better on TV, they're not going to go. And Jerry Jones is not going to make his mortgage payments on that thing. Right. So they're talking about interactive experiences in game. And it makes total sense, you know, yeah. to, to have a little, you know, iPaddy like tablet. Where, where you are, you know, everything you'd ever want to know and interact with what's going on is happening right there,
0: yep. you know? Well, and then the tablet almost seems like the wrong form factor. Suddenly Google Glass makes sense.
2: <laughs> okay, if you really want to get space age. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> well, it's yeah. just,
0: so that it's, it's not something you have to hold, nothing you can drop. It's just in your line of view and adding information about the game as it's going on.
2: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting challenge for TV. Uh, soccer, you uh, know, football in Europe has the same challenge. Right. Uh, you know, the, the technology has become so good that the experience at home is better than, than going to, to Wembley to see Manchester United or something like that. Right. Um, so there's a lot of money involved. So you better believe that these folks are going to, um, you know, meet the challenge. Um, which makes it interesting because we'll be more invasive to the players the players are still kind of separated but you can imagine just picking a player and, and wanting to listen to everything he says sure what <laughs> if you put, I mean what if you' start putting Canucks. Google
0: glass on football players so that they are receiving additional data and you know it's bi-directional communication stream
2: Oh God that would be cool really I just cha- want and- I, I want to hear what your Sidine brothers are saying to each other, you know, Richard is a Canuck fan, a Vancouver Canuck fan. I want to hear what the Sedins are saying to each other in-game in English.
0: Yeah. Even they though they're probably English, cursing right? in Swedish.
2: Yeah. That, how cool would that be?
0: Now, I would point out in the history of hockey, at one point they did put microphones down close to the ice, and that's when everybody discovered that Bobby Orr, who was like the sweet, clean-cut kid, swore like a sailor on the ice <laughs>
2: right? Yeah. and really wasn't the nicest guy in the world when yeah. he was on the ice yeah. yeah just
0: an animal
1: so carl yeah richard you ever embed excel into an application Ugh. you know that's right up there with sticking ice picks in my ears nice because your end users have to have the right version of office and all that stuff yeah and it has that extra layer of dependency what i want is just a way to take all that excel goodness and Plop it right into my .NET application. Well, you reminded me of Farpoint Spread from the old days. Yeah, 20 years ago I used Farpoint Spread. But now, of course, it's component1spread.net. And now, you know, they have this version that's both for ASP.NET and for Windows Forms in one package. Nice. Yeah, it's two different controls, obviously, but it's in one package, so... You bought one, you bought the other. Right. Spread.net from Component 1. Smarter components for smarter developers. So Tim, um the the company that you are sort of the figurehead of now, internology, does a lot of work with the Connect and, and a lot of newy stuff. Can you drop us a hint about something you guys are working on you haven't mentioned that's just so cool you can barely contain yourself?
2: Yeah, um sure, sure. Um you know, the, the unfortunate thing about internology, even though people think it's the exact opposite because all, all the keynote demos and stuff, most of our work is protected by NDA. Yeah. Um, and we just can't talk about it. It, but we, we have a project that is extremely NDA for one of the, the big six, or I guess the, the big four. Um, and, uh, it is totally revolutionary because it uses very large touchscreens. It uses, gesture and voice but it also uses ios ios devices and Mm. other devices it allows people to collaborate worldwide and you could say oh cisco does that right now but they really don't we're talking about true distributed computing so if i edit an excel spreadsheet on a windows device it affects everyone's object they all party on object at the same time if i flick this Excel spreadsheet to one corner. It might only go to the people using it in Helsinki. Hmm. It's like drop dead. Holy cow. I want to show the world this. It is so amazing. <laughs>
1: and giant um, touch screens. That's what I got.
2: <laughs> yeah. Giant touch. So we, um, we went out to, um, um, we went out to, how do I say that? We went out to one of the world's largest cities. It's not in America. And this was demoed, um, to internal customers and people just freaked, Wow! freaked out. And now this company is protective of, you know, cause we build software for other companies. We don't sure. build, Internology doesn't build products. They build products for other product companies. Right. So now they're so protective of this thing that they're, they're fearing corporate espionage. That's crazy. Um, because it, it's going to change the world. It, and ultimately it's just a selling tool. Right. You know? Sure it gets people in the room and, and it shows how amazingly high tech and cool they are by looking at their own financial data and modeling it worldwide. Wow. With, with distributed computing, it, it really me talking about it doesn't do it justice, but that's a big project we have right now. The the other stuff, the medical stuff is awesome. Mm. I'm, I'm particularly attached to the healthcare stuff. Sure. We're, we're going to do something on the, on the payer side too. Mm-hmm. Um, we mostly do provider side of healthcare uh, because it's the easiest place to innovate on. Right. But we have some projects on the provider side that are going to help a lot of terrible diseases be managed, be cured. It's and, and mostly with Connect.
1: I'd be happy if you could fix it so that when I call in a you know a doctor office calls in a claim for proceed four procedures on the same person, they don't have to give all the demographic data four times. I'd be, I'd be happy with that.
2: Yeah. So you, you're describing the problem with the payor side of healthcare.
1: Yeah, it sucks. Um,
2: And in my humble opinion, the people making all the money on that side are not motivated to, to do any innovation because they have it so good. It doesn't matter how it doesn't, Obamacare really doesn't matter uh, because of, you know, these insurance companies. But you know, things have a tendency. The consumer is powerful, so things have a tendency to be pushed through, and uh, that's why I say I'm a little bit more encouraged than I was last year on the payor side because I, I think things are going to be forced through. And and frankly, you know, we built that physical therapy app where you know you're at home. You don't want to drive 30 miles to do your PT to you know to to get paid. Yeah, for the procedure and all that, mm. right? Well, you do it at home and, and this thing reports back to the mothership and boom, the insurance company pays for it. That's motivating for the doctor because he or she can see more patients. right? You know, it gives the doctor scale because you're doing your procedure, your exercise, whatever it is, you're doing it at home. The doctor doesn't have to physically see you, mm. right? In person. At the same time, you don't, you don't get paid by an insurance company until you do it at home. Right. So it motivates both the insurance company and you to do your stuff. Uh, telemedicine is, I think we're going to see bold strides in telemedicine worldwide you know, over the next few years. Well, and we that's gotta, exciting. We've got to change
1: some laws, too, though, because um, some yeah, doctors can't right. charge for services unless they are in the patient's uh, physical yes. proximity, right?
2: Right. They so can't in- get paid
1: unless they see yeah. physically the patient.
2: Right. So you got to change the laws too. Some of that is state law regulation. Some of that is federal legislation. You know, that, yeah, it's The people are going to have to push hard enough to modernize our healthcare system Mm. and our government so that it makes sense. Um, And that's where we're stuck, right? We have all the technology, we can do this stuff. These Mm. are not technological problems.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim, it's been great talking to you. And, my uh,
2: pleasure, gentlemen.
1: I will get out there in Montana one of these days and throw some flies.
2: You heard him, Richard.
1: Right, well, I did. I'll do it.
2: <laughs> he said it on tape.
1: If we've got some good scotch and... Uh,
2: <laughs> okay, there's conditions. Yeah. We can, meet, we can meet that condition.
1: All right, good. All right, Tim, thanks a lot.
2: Sure, guys. My pleasure.
1: All right, we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. Thanks for listening. And remember... Pluralsight.com is where you can get 200 free minutes of developer training online. Pluralsight.com .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions providing professional audio audio mastering video post production and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers online at www.franklins.net